you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast would never tank for a better draft pick. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL, the podcast, the flagship show. Week 17, I'm Dan Hansis. Heroes here, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. Hey, boys. Penultimate, one of my favorite words, penultimate week of the regular season. I did wake up. At about 3.14 a.m. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> nice joke, but not you slapped it at all. That's good. No, I, that is, I did fall asleep deep into a deep sleep and woke up in that mind haze where I mm. could convince myself that not that this was the final week of the season because it was week 17. I just thought right. it was week 18. Right, me too. And then about 27 seconds later, as consciousness started to take over, yeah. um, I was slapped in the face psychologically. Hard hard it's been uh, it's been a tough one it's been a, a year like we are remarkably fortunate to have the jobs that we do and we, love I love these jobs. we love these jobs uh, but when the calendar falls every five or six or seven years mm. when things line up happy new year everybody uh and we have a full slate of games for instance um i'll be having some ibuprofen uh rolled in here shortly <laughs> because the uh bullet whiskey that i had last night for new year's eve still in the system hasn't left yet yeah. well i mean i'm sober <laughs> right but in my head pain um I also thought this was the end of the regular season right before it, and then I think that was just like a mind cramp. <laughs> Week 17, I feel like, is like that because it feels like the end often. We we get rid of a lot of teams. A lot of tickets are punched, and the 18, the last week, often feels like a little bit of anticlimactic. So maybe right. maybe we can push the NFL to just end the regular season a week early. I don't know how that would work. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that would lose. <laughs> I like think we've already been through that negotiation. A single-dollar loss would negate that as an option. Yeah. And since you mentioned it, let's uh, – Let's say goodbye to some teams before we get into oh, uh, the rundown. A little <laughs> spoiler for people out there. The, the uh, following teams have been officially eliminated. Mark, this will lift your spirits. Take them out of your brain. Uh, not all of them, but okay, some. The Washington Commanders. The Las Vegas Riders. The New Orleans Saints. The Carolina Panthers. And yes, the New York. 
that the Jets doesn't make me happy, and, and the Panthers doesn't make me happy either. Yeah. This was a season of sneaky collapses uh, for a lot of teams out of nowhere. Yeah. We just mentioned a couple we'll of them. We'll get to it. We'll get <laughs> to it. Let's start, though, um, with a game that was not um, closely contested, but very interesting in the scheme of the NFC and the race for the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, increasingly looking as if maybe both these teams will be playing uh, in the postseason. Certainly one. And the one that's definitely in was licking their wounds at the end of Sunday's action. Set up. Out of the shotgun with a set back to his I right. need ibuprofen. He fires it over the middle. And it's broken up incomplete. Intercepted. Intercepted on the deflection. Picked off by Darnell Savage. Down the left side of the 40. He's got an escort to the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Green Bay Packers. My goodness. That is what you call a tone setter for the Green Bay Packers who, with their playoff lives on the line, absolutely housed the fraudulent Minnesota Vikings. 41-17 to at Lambeau Field. That was Darnell Savage, yes, with the pick six, and it only got uglier from there for the uh, Vikings who entered the game at 12-3. and Final score, 41-17. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, but this was a game that was 41-3 with 10 minutes to go. And this is now, you know, not the first time the supposedly mighty Vikings have been absolutely trounced by a half-decent team. They uh, trailed by more than 20 at halftime for the third time this year. That's the most of any team in the NFL, along them tied with the Texans. I'm glad we started with the Savage return because this defense... And I'll throw the special teams in there, too, with Keyshawn Nixon, who's been dynamite lately and had the first touchdown of the game, 105-yard kickoff return. But it's really been the defense and the special teams that's helped turn this season around. And the defense in this game was put on the field at the one-yard line after the Packers had an early punt block, and they had a terrific goal line stand, three straight stuffs of the of the Vikings, force a field goal, then they get the return touchdown, they get the interception return touchdown, and Jair Alexander had one of the best games any cornerback has had all season long. He traveled with Justin Jefferson for most of the day, uh, more than half of the pass uh, routes that Jefferson ran. Alexander was on him. On those 20 routes, targeted five times, only one catch by Jefferson, and passes defense. It didn't matter what the Packers offense did in this game. The defense and the special teams won it for him. It it makes you think about the Packers in a different way because they had all their issues all season long. And a lot of it was just focused on where's the MVP version of Rodgers? Why is this offense lacking, you know, pre-Christian Watson, a viable wide receiver? What and, happened to the defense that was supposed to be and so the defense, good, right? And the defense, you know, in certain metrical ways, like, looked promising. But today, to your point, Greg, like, the Nixon kick return, the Darnell Savage pick six. These things happened at a point in the first quarter where they're up 14, nothing, 14 points, and they had four, they had 15 yards on offense. So it's <laughs> like the offense. This isn't just great. This isn't just rise and fall with Aaron Rodgers every week. And I mean, Jair Alexander did not track with Justin Jefferson in that week one game nearly as much. And that's when he had 184 yards. He had zero in the first half. This is one of those games. The Vikings have done this. That Dallas game, they gave up 40 points, 36 in that collapse to the Colts, 34 to the Lions, 30 to the Bills. That Your defense is who you're stuck with in Minnesota right now. And I thought that Alexander defeated 
Justin Jefferson, who entered the game as a sneaky MVP contender, uh, if you wanted to look at, at a wide receiver as even having an opportunity in that realm. And he beat him mentally and physically. Uh, leading mm-hmm. into the week, he had the comments at his locker calling that huge week one by Jefferson against Green Bay a fluke. And you could see once uh, Jefferson was getting frustrated on the field and Alexander was playing great and the Vikings offense was just completely asleep, Jefferson kind of losing his cool and uh, unable to kind of process the moment and stay in the game. At one point, he almost bashed a, uh, an official's uh, over the back like uh, Randy Savage hitting Hulk Hogan with a steel chair in WrestleMania Five. Like this, it was like a complete meltdown for Minnesota. Right, he didn't know game. the official that was there, and he like lifted his helmet as if to slam it down, ran into the official, <laughs> and then s- sort of that realized been really bad. It could have been horrible. <laughs> I'm glad that it didn't happen that way. I know. I know. Vikings fans have gotten on us for not giving them the credit due left and right and talking about the offense leaving everyone else by the side of the road. But there is a stretch here when they the game was manageable and they unfurl an interception. They miss a field goal, another interception, then a missed field goal, then a fumble, then a pick, and then a bunch of garbage time nonsense. It's like this is the Viking, the version of the Vikings that is very hard to trust. Although, to be, to be fair, the one – thing they've done better than almost any team this year is play clean football. They have not been a turnover team. They've not been a penalized team. They've not been a pre-snap penalty team. And they were all of that today. It's like a collapse. The, the Kenny Clark forced fumble was another big defensive play. Cousins melted down uh, a little bit on that forced fumble play. Cousins didn't see that immediately before the snap. Justin Jefferson was covered by Preston Smith, a defensive lineman, and Kirk Cousins held the ball, and then it got taken away, and he was fritzing out, and it's partly because he lost his center immediately in this game, who was already their backup center, and, and Romo pointed out uh, smartly, I think, like they couldn't change the call, so they're on their third-string center. They might get him back, but their other... Um, offensive lineman that left this game was Brian O'Neill, their right tackle, who was carted off. So it was really a nightmare scenario for the Vikings, possibly letting the Packers into the playoffs, probably losing the number two seed, definitely losing home field advantage chance. And, and you're starting to look at, you know, you start to peek ahead at what the playoffs uh, could look like. The Giants will get to there in the dance, and there's a very good chance now it could be a Giants-Vikings rematch. Those teams played very closely on Christmas Eve, and, and the Vikings might even, if that ends up happening, or whoever they get in round one, they might sneak out another close win, but do not tell me that this team is a serious Super Bowl contender. I don't want to hear it. I've seen it too many times this year. <laughs> you may win a close game in round one, but you are fodder, cannon fodder, at some point in January. I, I've just seen too much it's, this year. It's almost in a lock that they will win a playoff game in the fashion they've won all these other insane games. <laughs> Probably a big and, comeback. Right, and we'll yeah. think, you know what? They can do that against whoever they're playing the next week, and then the floor <laughs> will fall out because you cannot run away from this defense. Well, they'll probably have to play two road games against two really good teams now, so this this will have an impact. They're now negative 19 on the season in terms of their point differential. 12 and 14. They're 12 and 4. Uh, the Packers and the Lions are, are both plus point differential uh, at 8-8. Eight and eight. And the Packers... Even though Rodgers didn't play an amazing game and, like, every part of their team hasn't always been perfect week to week, they're playing their best football without a doubt right now. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'd much rather be playing 
uh, the Giants or the Vikings, for that matter, in round one of the playoffs than the Packers oh, if I wouldn't they get there. Touch but Bay. we will see. We will see. We, we got a lot to get. We got, we got a lot, lot to talk about. To. These right. other NFC teams have to be slightly agitated at the Vikings for just allowing the Green Bay to waltz into the scenario here. How yeah. are you, by the way, Mark? Because what? I know you didn't want Green Bay anywhere near no, the postseason. I, I think differently about them because you know what I don't like is the 13-3 and three team that you, you they fold the tent, and they've done that over and over. This team is weird. I don't think you like any version of the Packers. I, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly like this. This they're not they're not on my right. radar as an annoying concept right now. They're kind of the opposite. I do like though because it's the Packers. How Mark agreed that he'd be the one to pay the charity, uh, the Green Bay oh. based charity, if they end up making. I would love it to help the, the, the people teams. in Green Bay. So they, 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 they need to win yeah. one more game. They're winning in now. I get to pick what the charity is though. Yes. I mean, I would I would suggest something like an orphanage or a local That's food bank. That's what you would suggest. We'll see. I'll come up with something. It can't where... be something that goes back to you through some type of no, Swiss no, no, bank no. But account. I, it's like, who do I want to help? What kind of who I do, who okay. do I feel it is cannot needy. benefit you though, Mark. In terms of the four committee, no, not, we need I'm to have some to, t- I'm not trying level. to launder money back into my bank account. I'm saying I might just pick an atypical okay target. All right. So we mentioned that the Vikings finally uh, left an opening now. Uh, for San Francisco to move up in the NFC seeding. Did they take advantage of it? To the desert. It's pretty good for a guy with a headache. By Stidham, going to throw up left for Devontae Adams. It's intercepted! He threw the ball right to Deshaun Gibson. Running back the other way, 30, 20, 10, 5. He's out of bounds. Eric just brought me pills. Flag is down Like Judy Garland. Now it's on the three-yard line. Do you bring in Robbie right now and kick it? How do you handle this? (laughs) Kick it. Uh, Yes, there it is. Bongos. Oh, it deserves it. Wild game. Yeah. Bongos. As I pop my pills. I mean, if we're requesting substances from behind the glass, I mean, I know what Greg would ask for. Oh, stop. As would I. Greg Papa with the call. KNBR. Big interception in overtime by the Niners, who finally have a really down day on defense. Jared Stidham, of all people, lights him up, uh, including a late drive to tie the game and push it into overtime. But when it came down to it, they got the big stop in overtime, kicked the field goal subsequently, and escaped 37-34. So yet another win uh, for the Niners. And the Raiders, yes, eliminated with the loss. Mark Sessler, your thoughts? A totally bizarre occurrence because we spent all week thinking, well, you've essentially given up on your season because in a solid quarterback in Derek Carr, you're just you're, he's been flushed out of the organization at this point. He's unfollowed them on social media. The <laughs> last time we saw Jarrett Stidham play, it was like, you're, you're just asking to get romped two games in a row to end the season and Josh McDaniels somehow protected all of this mess. Stidham looked incredible. I mean, he's never thrown for more than, I believe, 75 yards in a game. 365 yards, three touchdowns, 123 rating, uh, especially in the first half. I thought what the Raiders did was very interesting, and it reminded me kind of of what happened with Brock Purdy when he had his first start, was we're not going to dial back the offense or try to just hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs 400 times. We're going to attack downfield. And he looked like he had been practicing and working with Devontae Adams for months. I mean, he just looked as it, it was the most comfortable looking quarterback performance by any quarterback in the in the Raiders system I've seen in a long time. And it's not really a knock on Derek Carr, but it's just kind of like how weird can these seasons get because who would have thought 2 months ago you're getting the Jared Stidham versus Brock Purdy and it's two of the better performances we've seen all day long. And I mean, for Purdy, 
I thought this Niners team in general, they were tested today. Suddenly you give up 500 yards of offense. Um, this is a team that hadn't been scored on in the final two minutes all year. And that happened to them. And so they went into overtime in a situation where you could collapse psychologically if you want to after Robbie Gould misses a would-be field goal to end this thing and let this high-flying Raiders team come back and stamp one on you when you thought you got out of here with an easy win. I thought they're very resilient. Like the Niners just sort of sort of who are they are who they are. But Purdy made all sorts of throws in this game too. That all their mm. weapons are so impossible to stop. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was unbelievable in this. And so it's like they didn't – had they lost, I think it would have – wiped away the sense that the Niners actually, to me, it doesn't change what I think about them at all in this. They had an off day defensively. They were caught off guard by Stidham, uh, but they won, and they found a way to do it. And it's like a lesser team, a team like the Vikings, some of these middle-tier teams would have found a way to collapse, not San Francisco. It it doesn't change how I feel about them, but it's a reminder that in 2022, 2023 now that we're in, in in this season. Happy New Year. Yeah. If the weather's okay, like... Happy New Year. Happy New Year, buddy. <laughs> we weren't we weren't together on New Year's, but no. we're together now. Always together. We really are always together. De- any defense can get lit up. I know everyone threw that game away because like they were a little injured and they were playing the Chiefs, but they had the worst performance any defense had all season against the Chiefs. It, yes, the Raiders had a lot of good plays happen to them. I just think good offense can beat good defense ultimately. Uh, and so that's why you need a quarterback to make plays for you. And Purdy, to his credit, to this point, I think has shown that he can make enough plays. It's trending towards Debo Samuel being back for next week's game. So that's good for their offense. And they're going to ha- be plenty motivated to beat those Cardinals and get the two This was the first game where I thought a team made Purdy look a little uncomfortable. And he worked his way out of it. So I just, I, I get you. You can point to the Chiefs game. They were so banged up, their defense back then. And yes, this happened today, but this feels more for this defense. I mean, 500 like, yards of offense. People need to apologize to Jared Stidham. I hope they kept those apology notes that they well, sent to Josh Allen a couple of years ago. P- how about pe- the, the, the Patriots apologize for letting the better quarterback <laughs> oh, out of the building? Look, oh, at, oh, look at the way that. he played today. Uh, did we mention it was Nick Bosa who had the hit on Jared Stidham? No. That no. led to the interception that led Very to the key. game-winning field goal. We talked about it last week that we thought he might have clinched Defensive Player of the Year honors. Now he's just padding uh, his resume at this point. So another huge Bosa moment. And you mentioned McCaffrey, uh, Mark. It's I don't think enough has been made. Uh, this is to John Lynch's credit, to Kyle Shanahan's credit. What a huge trade that was. And he has come as advertised and been an absolute anchor of their offense. I mean, he had nearly 200 yards of total offense in this game. And I know the fantasy owners out there in championship week are celebrating uh, that as oh, they're well. they're on fire right now. Yeah. I, I mean, so, yes, uh, I had San Francisco at number one in the power rankings. Uh, I'll keep them there. It, it did bother me a little bit that when it's 34-27, when they go ahead late, I thought the defense was going to make the stand there, and then you just move on. The fact that it got to overtime, I thought the Raiders should have went for two. Um, In fact, it even looks more ridiculous now that they didn't go for two, uh, knowing that San Francisco went right down the field. Mm. But I know there's some logic to if there's too much time on the clock at the end of the fourth quarter, you don't go for two because it doesn't guarantee you the win, and there's a chance, obviously, that you could lose. But I would have said, screw it. If I was uh, the Raiders and went for it, they didn't, and they get beaten overtime. So their season is over in a very strange – well, it's not over-over, but their playoff aspirations are gone. I'm glad that you're keeping the Niners in the number one spot. Like, I'm not trying to 
beat this dead horse anymore, but it just it doesn't. I feel like they had a weird game on defense. It happens to any team right. sometimes. But that's yeah. to me, it, it, it's sort of beside the point, but that's to me why I will take the team with Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes any day because you just never know what could happen on defense. And it is sad to put yeah. this Raiders season to bed because – I know you look at it six and ten, and we know it's almost humane that we're putting it to bed. To be honest, not sad. It's it's one of the most insane NFL seasons any team has had. Just it's since we started this podcast, just in terms of the amount of insane games. Yes, think of I think think it is the most insane. (laughs) Like for this a non-playoff one, team. The Chandler Jones ending, the Baker Mayfield ending, winning on the last play uh, in overtime, back-to-back weeks, Broncos uh, and Seahawks. You lost to Jeff Saturday. You Duh, chunked losing. the lead against the Jaguars. You didn't score a point against the Saints. You Stupid. lost by one in primetime against the Chiefs. Stupid. You lost on a two-point conversion at the buzzer against the Titans, Stupid. and you blew a 20-point lead against the Cardinals. That's all in one season. Well, they blew another 10-point lead today, by the way. Right. Right, and, and, well, they did that, <laughs> and after everything that Josh McDaniels saw, his move was to not go for two. Obviously, they should have went for two, and they would have got it because you just want to throw it to Devontae Adams, who, by the way, is going to be lost in this crazy season. He's amazing. The, the catch mm. he made that set up their uh, game-tying score, there's maybe, maybe Jefferson gets it. Maybe you could throw out another name. Uh, makes the play that Devontae Adams made to set up the game-time score in the fourth quarter. But he goes seven for 153 and two touchdowns. That's another guy. The Raiders went out and got Adams just like the Niners went and got McCaffrey. Both guys were as good as advertised. And Josh Jacobs, too. I mean – over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, Josh Jacobs. And this if, team misses the playoffs. Right, if you knew all this was going to happen, <laughs> you, you would say, like, I'm going to go put a lot of money on the on the Raiders to make the postseason. You know who not, wouldn't, not, I would not. The uh, 12-foot-tall uh, man in the back. The giant. Hasn't spoken the quiet, since 2008. Soft-spoken. A Raiders fan who, stick. who has no faith in this team. More real feelings, though. You, you, you can't hurt him. <laughs> it doesn't there's strike no me highs, as a no passionate lows. Raiders fan. I, he's, he's a passionate Can person. Can we get a camera like, on the big man? There he is. Look, he's going to look at the camera for the first time this season. He's not gonna this is it. why you watch it on YouTube, everybody. Let's take a break. <laughs> a thumbs up, maybe? No. Let's take a break and uh, we'll continue on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 
When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. Okay. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. So we talked about the Vikings. They drop in the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers move up in the NFC. Yes, the Eagles, the number one seed in the NFC and have been all season, but it's starting to get hairy to Philadelphia. Takes the snap, throws a quick one, and that's picked off by Marshawn. Pick six. Welcome back, Marshawn. That's how you do it. Happy New Year, baby. You sat on this earlier, and that was just a hitch route that Marshawn almost got. He He jumps it all the way. That is exactly what this Saints team needed. Good I night. Dan, I love, Dan, how you uh, <laughs> operate as a third or fourth man in the booth on, on these calls. So, I'm the homer so, in the so booth. Zolak Zolakian, and, uh, there's like a, a wounded animals screaming out multiple times <laughs> at the start of that. Don't Zolaki and me. Deuce McAllister there, you heard, and also Mike Haas, WWL. Yes, Marshawn Lattimore returned an interception, 11 yards for a late touchdown. The clinching score for the Saints, who at the time were still alive in the playoff race after they beat the Eagles, 20 to 10. Let's now welcome in the pipe. That's what they all call him. Nick Shook from Ohio. Shooky, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, fellas. Are you worried about the Eagles at this point? What are we thinking? No, I think uh, they can't get Jalen Hurts back fast enough hmm. because for as well as Gardner Minshew played last week, uh, their offense lacks the explosive playmaking ability of Jalen Hurts. It's really that simple. They had 61 total yards in the first half. They had more yards on their Ow. opening drive in the second half than they did in the entire first half. They lost the time of possession battle nearly 23-7. to It was something like 22-50 to 7-10. They barely had the ball. They had no plays in opposing territory, whereas I'm the Saints there. were coming up on 30 in the first half. So it was essentially going to be a tale of two halves, and then Gardner Minshew throws the pick six that we all saw coming mm. from basic pre-snap leverage and Marshawn Lattimore, who made a great read on the play, jumped it, and walked into the end zone. They need Jalen Hurts back. It's really that simple. I think they'll be in a much better spot. But now they're in a position where they're a little threatened with that number one seed, the fact that they have to now actually play for it in week 18 as opposed to just coasting there like we thought they would a few weeks ago. So it's an interesting turn of events, but I'm not too worried about them overall because they still have a great team. Defensively, one of the better pass rushes we've seen in the last two decades, at least statistically. Uh, they need five sacks next week to take over the all-time record for the most wow. sacks from a defense in a well, season. So they're that, still a good football that team. That shows how complete they are. I mean, I in, even in recent weeks when Jalen Hurts had the rare miscues, a couple interceptions, what he does so well – like, you don't worry about it because he'll back you out of any corner and then overtake the opponent with what he can do on the ground and through the air. If Minshew's making mistakes, you're a mess. And I, I if you look at the splits, uh, Lane Johnson, did, I, miss, I think he missed three games last year, but when he was not in there, 
the offense was affected greatly. And uh, Minshew took six sacks today without Lane Johnson. And I think like that's another one where it's like, I know he's going to be back for the playoffs, but this version of the Eagles offense um, looked completely asleep at the wheel for the first time all season. Yeah, I'd be concerned, Shooky. Like maybe it's not as simple as just get Hurts back in there. Maybe it is, uh, but they've kind of lost their flow here. The, the, and I know sometimes this word is frowned upon. The momentum of the season where they were just a like a swaggering juggernaut, and now you've been humbled a little bit with back-to-back losses, and you need you need this win obviously to get uh, to get that number one seed. Maybe you get the win next week, and all this is wiped away. Probably is, but still there have been some issues: the Hertz injury, the Johnson injury. Uh, unfortunately, Josh Sweat. Um, went down with a neck injury and was carted off the field. And Josh Sweat, by the way, is one of four Eagles players with 10-plus sacks this season. They lost um, Devontae Maddox last week, too, who's really so, a big player for them. So, th- yeah, along those lines, it's just been it's been a tough uh, last few weeks for the team that I think everyone was universally praising as a, a Super Bowl contender at a high level. Yeah, I definitely think that they're going to have a tougher road in the playoffs than we might have anticipated a month or two ago. But there's also, you know, instances like today's game, which could have gone very differently if if a referee didn't call holding on Landon Dickerson, who pancaked the guy he was blocking. Gets I know that guy you mad. That got you mad, Shooky, because you yeah. love that in the trenches. And I heard yeah. that Moose Johnson was pissed about it. Uh, that that Twitter fullback. fired up. Yeah, that's. that's... Um, I want to hear you get mad now. Well, uh, Moose said, I'd give him a plus-plus rating. That's not a hold. And I agree. When you drive someone <laughs> to the ground, he trips go. over another guy's leg, and he eats all that Lincoln financial field turf, mm. he should know that he got pancaked. Lay on top of him. Lay there for an extra second. Really emphasize it. Watch that touchdown. Watch that runner get in the end zone for a touchdown. Celebrate by doing lay out on top of the guy you just pancaked. Put your arms and legs out like you're swimming, except you're just surfing on top of him because you just earned that placement. That, be able that to should have been a flag. We should be able to change those calls. I mean, it's just like no, we can't, stuff no just, Mark. No. I don't know. What no. do you mean no? <laughs> we, we, went, we went down that road. Pass interference was a reviewable play, and that was a dumpster fire. Let's not I open mean, that the just, Holding that was would be tough one, to ever review. Although I, I, Belichick is no. for reviewing anything. this They're giving me major Andy Reid vibes, though. Like, this was – Eagles fans know it. Andy Reid, like, those Eagles teams, <laughs> when they were at their best, would always race out like – everything would be handled a little too early and then the end of December would go poorly and it just it would feel like it would carry over based on my very scientific sample of Eagles fans at John Gonzalez and Colleen Wolf's New Year's Eve party. They were already panicking before this game. <laughs> They're such negative uh, people that they thought it was already all falling apart. So I don't think it oh, was they're, a good, they're it probably was, feeling great. It, now. it was not a good scene at that apartment. Hold on, today. No, hold on. Like, like, let's let's hold back on the panic button. Like you don't have your star quarterback in there an MVP no, I, candidate. I'm not, I'm not panicking. Well, I, but, but we're also laying uh, out that it's not just uh, hurts. Here's the good news. And this is why Connie and Gonzo and everybody's got to take a step back and breathe. You get the giants next week, the giants who are locked into the six seed. They have nothing to play for. Uh, they would be foolish to go all out knowing that they have a wild card matchup. Uh, the week after. So there's a very good chance the Eagles get a layup against a Giants practice squad team. So the sky is not falling, uh, but, yes, yeah, some some clouds overhead for the first time this season. Well, that's all right. You can experience yeah. some clouds, but I'll panic when they're getting the doors blown off with Jalen Hurts in the lineup, and so will they be because that would be the end. I have a uh, scientific fact since Greg said that was very scientific research that he provided. The P in Philadelphia actually stands for panic and pessimism. So it's it's right on board there. <laughs> this was a very uh, saintsy end to this season in terms of their playoff hopes here that they 
finish the season playing their best football. Without a doubt to me, their last three weeks have been the best three-week stretch they've had. They, you get Lattimore back, and you've had a few different defensive players coming in and out of the lineup, but mostly they've been a little healthier lately, and they've looked better. And I know there are a lot of Saints fans out there that think this is the worst-case scenario, which is that Dennis Allen – who I believe is now 17 and 46 as a head coach. Great uh, hire. Will keep his job, uh, but they're not going anywhere anyways. I would run it all back. Same it's team. been a great a great campaign for the Saints and their fan base, and no one would disagree. Keep Jameis on the roster. Shaheed, keep him on the Jawan roster Johnson, too, and Olave as the top three receivers. It's a fun little I want to um, shout out Cam Jordan, who once upon a time, after he was drafted, uh, came into old NFL Network studios, and I sat in the green room and interviewed him, talked to him about his dad, Steve Jordan, who did a, uh, a Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning vignette for WWF in 1992 that I recalled, and he told me about being on the set. And he was just a kid at the time. Fast, fast forward, he is now the all-time sack leader of New Orleans Saints. Mm, and that's a team with some Hall of Famers uh, that are past rushers. Great career. So I think it's, po- it's possible your Q&A you know, sparked him. Maybe. Mr. Perfect, after all, was oh, one three of the of great technicians yeah. ever. At one point, they had four sacks in eight plays, the, the Saints. Which is Do fun. you know who Mr. Perfect is, Greg? Yeah. Um, I did watch WWF. Oh, Paul right Orndorff, when he was speaking. No, Kurt. That was Mr. His name was oh, okay. Kurt Henning. Like Henning. Oh, Kurt I was going to say, like, Stenning. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. come up with it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, also, he his finishing maneuver was the perfect That plex, was my favorite move. Which I did all the time to my little brother, Kevin, with just startling accuracy. Yeah, back then you'd, like, suplex your younger brother here and there, and, like, there's no parental supervision over this. It's like, this is not a safe thing for brothers to be no. doing, but it's going to happen. It's, it's going to toughened unfold. them up, though. Um, yeah. All right, let's head to the nation's capital. Well, Landover. On the right hip of watching, it's Kareem Hunt. He's got the snap. Third down and five. He's looking left, throwing. Cooper's there. He got it. Cooper up the sideline. Still going. Cooper running down the sideline. 10, 5, head zone. Touchdown, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Where you been, bud? Wide receiver for the Browns. Had a big day. And so did Deshaun Watson, uh, who had his first uh, real statistical standout performance with the Browns. A 24-10 win over the Commanders, who, as we said, were eliminated with the loss. Tough one. Bad beat. Shooky. Uh, the Commanders had Carson Wentz in the lineup, and that did not go well. No. Uh, it, it makes Ron Rivera's decision to go to Carson Wentz this week after benching Taylor Heineke last week. It makes it look foolish, short-sighted, um, maybe even desperate. I mean, this is the Carson Wentz we've seen at the end of seasons for the last three years. Uh, I was not surprised at all by the fact that he threw the interceptions that he threw uh, or the fact that he struggled mightily and, and to the point where Brown's defenders after the game were talking about, hey, we saw on film that he's got a slow delivery, slow release. We can see it. We can react to it. And we can pick him off. They got him three times. I mean, it was it was an ugly game. They had one great drive this entire game. It was, uh, Greg, you, you sent me the the fact that I think it was the longest drive in their history or maybe in, in football in like 20-some years. 20, I mean, 23 cra- plays, 11 and a half minutes, 96 yards. Yeah. That is delicious. Yeah, and that was it for them. That was all they did. The rest of the game, it was pretty bad because Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback, and Washington is going to be in the market for a quarterback again this offseason. I'm just curious to see where he goes next, Carson Wentz, because uh, at this point, there's no proof that that he's really any good. Well, but, then he'll bounce Go ahead. No, I was just saying, he'll invariably be oversold to us as some some other team's <laughs> fill-in-the-blank starter, and I'm not doing it again. I feel like I came into this week very down on the idea of switching over to Wentz, no matter what you had in Heineke. The fans agreed. They were going nuts chanting Heineke's name during this game. 
Yeah, Rag. Yeah, yeah. I think you were talking about Reggie Raglan uh, on yep. the Browns. His comments. He said that he knows some guys on Washington's team and that they would have preferred Heineke. That's exactly what we talked they about last different. week. Like, what about the other players on the team? I mean, the thing is, like, Heineke can't really play either. I he, think the yeah, point is, I like, mean, they, need a, they need a quarterback and they don't have it in the building. It, that, it's why I said, though, Riverboat Ron was making a pretty bold move here because this is what you're going to remember out of this season. They haven't won since November 27th. And this was the most important game of the season. And he throws two interceptions in the first quarter, I believe, and the boos are coming. And then he speaks after the game in a, in a soundbite. I feel like oh, everyone's yeah, going to remember yeah. for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Or until Black Monday. Mm. To clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, oh, then you guys are eliminated. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I, you know, I know that's, a, it's a, I guess, a bad look on the coach. I don't know. It doesn't really change much to me. It doesn't mean it changed anything about today's, his coaching or the the way the team performed or how they would be ready for next week. But I also understand you you want your coach to be forward facing as a guy that knows his I, like, stuff. I, I also think, and Greg, Greg and I were talking about this, like. These coaches are in their bunkers, and they just want to come out and win this game and let the rest right. of it sort itself out. I get that. But in 2023, here we are, like head coaches hey Mark, can't get caught. Happy New Year. Thank you, and to you as well, yeah. and to each of you, and to everyone behind the glass. But yeah. head coaches can't get caught flat-footed on this stuff. I mean, they. I was listening to the Niners game, and they were talking about the fact that Shanahan, behind the scenes, had been pounding the table to his players saying, if we can't get the number one seed, the number two still matters so much. Like, mm. it so just sounds like... Per Coach A plugged in and Coach B dinosaur like and like I, maybe that's not the case. It's just bad PR and like that sound clip is going to get played all day tomorrow, all day the next day, and it's the it's the final thing we'll remember about this Washington team as they float into a total abyss. They haven't had a winning season in seven seasons. There's potentially new ownership coming. It, it's a tricky. It's a tricky spot, especially when you're trying to throw out excuses that it's like we were just so focused on the win. Like these are the coaches that sort of brag about working 15 hours a day and it's like, oh, well, we didn't have time. It takes three seconds. All you, all you have to do is look at the scenario. It takes three seconds. Famously, so. in the old days... <laughs> it's um, not like it takes a lot of time. It takes five seconds. Right. Help the guy out, too. Uh, in the old I mean. days, in the glory days of the Washington football team, the Hogs um, helped pave the way for three Super Bowl titles. They were honored before this game. Joe Gibbs um, and others from the franchise's heyday were there. And then the team unveiled their new mascot. Oh, boy. It's a hog named Major Tutty. And uh, the team said uh, that Major Tutty is a muscular, this is a quote, six foot five, 230 pound male hog with exaggerated features that are anatomically similar to the animal, including a large belly, snout, and cloven hooves. Hooves. <laughs> um, Shook, my question to you first of all, do you like uh, Major Tutty? One and two, just like everything else is funky and weird with the commanders, like they're probably selling the team and a new ownership is changing hands is most likely like, why are they introducing a new mascot? <laughs> what, what are we doing around here? I think it's the same reason that that teams change uniforms to sell merchandise to to generate excitement. But it's week seventeen. Like, was this a homework assignment that they were late on? There's probably someone's bonus attached to it. I I don't know how much merchandise you're going to sell of this. Um, We're looking at it here on the screen 
of this major tutty. I mean, it's a very strange-looking pig, um, half human, half pig. It feels slightly off-kilter to me. Guys, have a lot this. of commanders in Washington, D.C. in the Pentagon. <laughs> What's that? Chicken? Can we come up with nicknames for Major Tutty? How about I got two? Ooh. Private Pork, <laughs> Brigadier General Bacon. This is why we have Nick Shook on the show. Private Pork is a great name <laughs> for Private Pork, this, I, I this feel creature. like I've maybe seen a movie with that title. Um, Shook, uh, before we say goodbye, I'll check in on Deshaun Watson. He obviously played a lot better in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, three touchdowns. His first time that he really got going with the Browns, got into a rhythm, especially in the second half. I mean, this is a Browns team that got two takeaways in the first half and put three points on the board. Their offense was completely lost. That Washington pass rush was doing a great job of, I, I mean, I, I texted my dad who was upset. I said, they just broke his brain in the first half. I mean, he was completely out of sorts. They come out of halftime, three straight drives that end in touchdowns. That touchdown pass to Amari Cooper, I think is really what unlocked their offense. He looked a lot more comfortable from there. Stats wise, nine of 18 is not super impressive. 169 yards not super impressive but the fact that he was able to throw three touchdowns to two guys including one where he was pressured threw it over the middle to donovan peoples jones it's an encouraging sight for browns fans who have nothing else to watch this team for other than to see is this guy going to take another step forward as we head into the offseason prepare for 2023 there you go shook delivers the news we get one more week with nick who's killed it all year long thank you buddy thanks guys all right there goes shook let's spin right into the battle for the moribund NFC South. It was coming down to the Panthers and Bucks in the game, actually. Sounds like it lived up to the hype. Takes the snap and looks toward his way. Throws toward Evans, toward the end zone. Evans, Andre Bay makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Evans has three. Fire the cannons. Fire them. Evans with a <laughs> remarkable catch. Fire them. Mike Evans ran up at five yards. He stuttered his feet. And Tom Brady again. We've seen him not be in sync on these deep throws over the course of the season, but he hit three of them today. Perfect. That was Dave Moore and, of course, Gene Deckerhoff, WFUS Gene, who's retiring after a 50-year broadcasting career that has also covered Florida State football. <laughs> what a legend. Tom Brady threw for 432 and three long times. Happy New Year, Gene Deckerhoff. <laughs> I'm sure he'd reply if he could. Uh, Brady threw for 432 and three long touchdowns to Mike Evans just days after Greg Rosenthal threw dirt on the greatest quarterback of all time. And the Bucks clinched their second straight NFC <laughs> South championship with a 30-24 come-from-behind win over the Panthers, who jumped out to a big lead, Mark Sessler. But in the end, Brady... Finally finding that chemistry again with Mike Evans was the difference. It only took literally all of 2022 um, and a day into the new year. And here it was we a 2022 are. thing. Now everything's back to normal. I think they're clicking, and I think that's it's a great sign. Um, we've talked about this bizarre division. I've said it before. I just see it within that they're going to win a playoff game. And in this version of this offense would scare you because it's what you thought you'd get all year because you got it last year and you got it the year before and they came out and you could tell right away that they were so deliberately going to do everything they could to make this finally work when it needed to matter most and it was still a frustrating game but a 63 yard deep bomb to Evans a 57 yarder a 30 yarder they just finally were completely in sync and Brady who I you know there's, I don't think anyone all year long has said, other than the last couple of weeks, that Brady has been the problem. I think the turnovers and some impatience and sort of hesitation in the pocket 
Last three or four games stood out, but he looked calm and collected today. 432 yards, three touchdowns. He's only a few years younger than I am. I don't know how he's doing this. Um, here's the thing, though. The Bucks defense played a big role in this. Sam Darnold, who I think played the best. He All right, look, it. he had a fumble. He had an interception. He had a strip sack. So that stands out. That was a big difference in this. But the other... What, what, what Sam Darnold did for the rest of this game was the best performance I've seen him play all year. Mm. And after that huge rushing performance last year, they did not come out and do that. I think Ben McAdoo deserves some credit for how this thing got started, that they aggressively Rockstar. had Sam Darnold ripping the ball downfield to DJ Moore. To like it, just it looked like their passing game under Darnold was a real problem for the Bucks. Then they tightened up, got the turnovers, handled their business. Mike Evans went off. Here go the Bucks. Here well, go the Panthers in the other direction. Yeah, it's surprising that this division is not coming down to last week. It just felt like it was going to be a messy situation where the Saints were still alive and the Panthers were still alive and the Bucks they were gone. still alive. And, and it they were down twenty-one to ten in the in the fourth quarter. It's crazy. Brady has more touchdowns in the fourth quarter this season than the rest than the other three quarters combined. I mean, he has been like lights out at the end of these games. Evans going ten for two hundred seven and three rewarded uh, his loyal fantasy owners that kept mm-hmm. him in the lineup, uh, like my son Walker. So they enjoyed that. But you <laughs> mentioned it. Like sometimes it comes down to this whole offseason planning. Anthony Nelson, who's what their fourth string. Pass rusher gets a strip sack on the top 10 pick, Iki Akonwu, at the end. Darnold really didn't have a chance on that play. You don't blame Darnold. And that was the end of the game. I kind of thought the Panthers might go down the field there, but it didn't happen. Sam Darnold. Yeah. That play also doesn't happen without Vita Vea, like, showing now he's a massive. He's big as a front door. The speed, he chased down that ball and picked it up. I mean, that was the difference. J.C. Horn's injury might have flipped this division. I know that sounds like a cry, uh, like a, a lament, but he would have been the guy on Mike Evans. He's built for that. He's the big physical and they put cornerback. And they put different guys on Evans, and nothing works, so correct. And Evans, for all the hand-wringing about this season – for him and his failure to get on the same page with Tom Brady, he did go over a thousand yards again. He's done that nine consecutive years. He's gone to the Hall of Fame, or at least he should. One of the most consistent guys of his era, if not the most consistent pass catcher of his era. 63, 57, and 30 yard touchdown receptions. It was almost like, if you think about it, unless you think Tom Brady's washed, um, which he's not, maybe he's in a little bit of a decline at this point. It's not Jared Stidham, but you right, know, he's no Stidham. It's fine, but it's it, it's a situation where eventually this was gonna, there was gonna be a game like this, and for the Bucks, good timing. Can she I just mention won a like division 19, of 19 division titles for Tom Brady? That's, That's insane. Um, Yator Gross Matos on the Panthers had an incredible game. Had they won, we'd be talking about him a lot more. And they mentioned we know Josh Norman, who we worked on that Super Bowl with on Sky Sports. Slightly disconnected. That uh, he was actually working as a barista in a coffee shop um, last week when he got the call. That, did he not save his money? Or well, no, I think they no, were... he so, owns that, the shop. Well, that was my thing. Was he, like, people like really they, ran with this, but it's right, like... They tried to make it sound like, like... He's starting a business. It's his shop. That's a little different. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't tell yeah. the entire story on the thing, and I was like, right. wait a minute. Like, it can't be a money thing because he's got to have a ton of money. Like, I, I, I just, you know. He was telling the truth. I think he was serving God, but he's... Yeah, yeah he's he got started, that Sky Sports He, he started some money. businesses. He was working as a barista, though, Greg. It wasn't just like back in the... You know, it wasn't just like sending, you know, emails out saying, you go do it. He was doing it, so... Good for yeah. him. Good for Josh. Man of the people. Intrepid. Oh, Wait, would you go work in a coffee shop right now just for the – If just it was to mine? Be, to be around – well, I guess that's true. I, sure. Maybe. If you owned it. 
if I he signed technically a his mom owns contracts. it, but I think they they're sort well, of the, doing well, the it together. Well, the story keeps shifting here. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's, you know. well, I I think she was helped out by her. her this has exceeded or, my yeah. like interest. Yeah. Now we know okay. we're we'll, learning more we'll, and more. We'll move like, right who, on from who it. Who co-signed the lease? Oh, his mother. I don't care. Well, Greg seems very unwilling to give him any credit for anything. I just think it's like I don't know where you're coming from, Greg, on that one. Move on. And by the way, it does look like, again, peeking ahead, um, as Mark has said many, many, many times that he believes the Bucks will win a playoff game, most likely they'll host the Dallas Cowboys. That's not good for Dallas. Uh, or I hear very you. good. I, as a first-round matchup, I'll take it if I'm the Cowboys. I'm just saying one of these predictions I has guess... to go right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with it strong. you got a lot all. on this one. This yes. one has been – Well, been... because it's a good one because, like – there's no way for it to be wrong for 12 or 13 weeks from when I made it right. way back when. It just it sits out there until it your career as a broadcaster hangs in the balance of that wild card Saturday night or whatever it's going to be. Probably a, a feels like a wild card Saturday night game. Putting that much on it, it's got a lot of bills. He's a top 10 football insider. <laughs> Let's take a break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, Will. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back. All right. Let's uh, now swing over to the AFC playoff picture starting at Gillette Stadium where the Dolphins and Patriots did battle. Duggar up behind the front four. Snap. They rush four. Bridgewater is back to fire it. Right pass. Intercepted by Duggar. Left to the 30. Outside to the 20. To the 15. To the 10. Duggar to the 5. Duggar to the end zone. He took it to the house again. Uh, Bob Sochi and the sentient Powerade bottle with the call there for WBZ. Did you 
I tweeted about it today, and we're going to get to the Jets. I feel like with a, a decent quarterback, the Jets would have won 10 or 11 games this year. If the Patriots didn't have seven defensive scores this year, they might have 11 or 12 losses. It's the reverse. Like It, it feels like well, every- How about this, though? If they had Josh McDaniels, they'd probably be 11 and 5. Just, just right. change those coordinators. All right. Well, that's that's potentially true as well. But my <laughs> point being that almost all of these defensive scores and the latest they are by crazy. Kyle Duggar have been huge in the context of the games in which they occurred because Duggar's pick six of Teddy Bridgewater went back 39 yards for the go-ahead touchdown late in the third quarter, and it allowed the Patriots to keep their postseason hopes intact. They rallied past the free-falling Dolphins 23-21. to Um yeah, it was huge. It was it was a game that the Dolphins seemed to have uh, not in hand, but they they seemed to be in control of the game. Even though Teddy, who wasn't playing poorly, but you you felt that lack of explosiveness uh, with him in instead of Tua, uh, who by the way, there's a report that they're hoping he could be back if they make the playoffs. So that tells you that the team again is trying to take this um, carefully after another concussion uh, for Tua. Uh, but the game all turned uh, on that pass because not only was it a pick six, um, run back the other way, on the follow through of the throw, Teddy whacks his hand on a uh, Patriot defender's hand and uh, breaks, a, uh, we're hearing, might be a broken finger. It, it knocked him out of the game. Skylar Thompson comes in. Skylar Thompson might eventually be a player in our league. Right now he is not. Every time I've seen him, he can't throw the ball. He can't shoot straight. And that allowed the Patriots to take care of business. So good job by the Pats in a season that's been, Greg, very rocky, obviously, in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people expected them to fade uh, in this game and disappear. But instead, they're going to go into Week 18 with a chance to make the playoffs. It's like Belichick can't help but win eight games, no matter what terrible decisions he makes with his coaching staff and personnel offensively. And it's because he's still a great defensive coach. That's what I mean. They would win 11 games if they had decent offensive coaching because a lot of the things that they would have hoped to happen on defense have happened. Duggar's turned into a total star, a playmaker. Barmore was back in this game and was very active. We've talked about Uche and Judon. They were down three top cornerbacks today. They put Jack Jones on IR. Marcus Jones was out. Jalen Mills was out. They had a couple offensive players. The the Dolphins were missing four or five of their best players. It's just like some of these teams have lost so many pieces, but the Patriots find a way because of these defensive scores essentially to be in every single one of these games. Yeah, I mean, the AFC East, from where we were six weeks ago to now, is the story of multiple collapses. And you're right about the Dolphins going into this game. It's not easy to be Mike McDaniel in this situation. You did not have Bradley Chubb. You don't have two, obviously. Xavier Howard was out. Teron Armstead was out. Eric Fisher, another tackle, is out. So you're limited there. And, I, you know, th- this is the same thing happened to McDaniel the first time when Tua went out with a concussion. That in comes Bridgewater, and he was lost to the same game. And in came Skylar Thompson. It's an ugly pattern. And both times, Teddy played without Teron Armstead, too, I think, which is not which, a coincidence. And that's been, for Tua, too, a major problem. I mean, to your point about the New, New England's shortcomings on offense, they're 8-0 and in games where they allow fewer than 20 points and 0-8 and in games where they allow 20-plus. Right. And if, if, well, they won this one allowing 20-plus. Going into this. Gotcha. Right. So you just say 21 now. But that still. Sure. <laughs> but that might not even hold. We're going to have to recalibrate yeah. all the data now based Plus on that. Plus, it's never their offense that's scoring. It their defense has scored after the touchdown. It right? should be known it was a garbage time <laughs> score by the Dolphins yeah. to make it look like a, yeah. a closer game that – Patriots had the game in hand in the fourth quarter, really starting with that Duggar play. Um, 
And, yes, if you're going to watch this game, if you haven't watched it yet, like, oh, are the Patriots starting to get a little frisky? No, it's still the same exact team here. The offense is still pitiful. They had one big-time drive. It was an 11-play, 89-yard, big-boy drive uh, that allowed them to take control of the game after the pick six and kind of put the game away. So you credit Mac Jones and the offense for doing that. But otherwise, it was another very quiet game for the offense. So that's going to continue to be a bugaboo. They're winning games because they're getting literally not just turnovers, defensive scores that are allowing them to steal these games. The seventh defensive score uh, this season. That just doesn't happen. I I think it's tied a record. uh, uh, I think it's 2017 Jaguars. Um, either at seven or eight defensive scores. Mm. It's just it's bonkers how often it's happening. It's almost I mean it's not Vikings level aberration, but it's it's an incredibly strange environment to be winning these games. They are now winning in next week, but they're playing the Bills, who have become their daddy. And there is a realistic scenario that the Patriots could end the season getting blasted by the Bills. Oh no, Daddy. In back to back weeks. That they could get blasted by the Bills Back into the playoffs, say eight and nine. Granted, a lot has to happen there. The Jets would have to lose. The Steelers would have to uh, lose a game. But it's possible. And I don't know if this Patriots team needs to be in the playoffs. We'll see. The Dolphins I, I are know not. That they do of, not. I know, but one one of these teams uh, is going to make it. Whether it's the Dolphins, uh, the Patriots, and we'll find out about the the Steelers later. The Dolphins now, you know, just hope that the Patriots lose to Buffalo and beat the Jets, and they're in. So they, they have a very realistic chance to make it in still, but who the hell knows? I know we're supposed to cheerlead like everything that happens. I'm just happens. giving the scenario. I'm not, I'm no one talk- thinks that they're going to win games. This, this seventh playoff team in each conference, like more often than not, you're getting something that is undesirable to the eye. That we don't we just like we just say, we don't want to see the Dolphins without Tua. We don't want to see the yes. Patriots. We don't want to see the Steelers. But you're getting we the Packers want- or the Lions. So but that's, it, but- that sort of speaks to it. Like you just don't know. Like well, you're also getting yeah. the Vikings. I, I guess and- I'm just saying it's typically unpleasant fare. There was – what was it? Uh, it was Washington. Or no, they won the division. I can't remember. But it feels like whatever this this new reality with the extra playoff team, you're usually going to get a real dog, and it feels like that's what this final AFC team will be. But, again, we don't right. know. Right. Last year know. you got the Steelers, uh, who are not right. a good that team. Steelers-Chiefs game was the, actually was big. And the Eagles, who were n- – we're intriguing on some level, but not that was really a bad competitive. Game too against the yeah. So you're absolutely right. Uh, this seventh seed uh, is underwhelming. It's making money for, for it's like various you, parties. You, though, so. you have an invite list to your own party, and someone brings someone who drags the entire affair into darkness. It's diluting Wild Card Weekend a little bit, but it's also adding intrigue to the back end of the regular season. So maybe it's a watch. Here, by the way, before we move on, here is uh, the Dolphins season. Win, win, win. Loss, loss, loss. Win, 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 win. Loss, 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 loss. <laughs> I worry about There's these. some consistency in that almost. <laughs> it's it's uh, symmetrical. It's also embarrassing uh, the way this is. Uh, they have nosedived here, and they're not the only team in their division to do so. Let's move on. Gino has time. He's going to throw in the back corner. Caught. Touchdown. Seahawks. What a start. Colby Parkinson from 12 yards out. Runs a little bender into the back corner, and Gino lays it up perfectly so only the big tight end at 6'7 can reach up and grab it. Steve Rabel with the call. K-I-R-O. Mm. 
Thank you, Wes. <laughs> um, yes, Geno Smith connects there with Colby Parkinson. Was that the name? Colby Parkinson on the 12-yard uh, catch. That was within about two minutes into the game after Ken Walker ripped off a huge run on the um, first, maybe the second uh, play from scrimmage in the game. And it was kind of just like a wrap. It was the first play from scrimmage, uh, Walker's run. Uh, at that point, because uh, before you knew it, it was uh, 7 nothing, then 10 nothing, And uh, at that point, uh, the Jets' offense went to sleep. And Seattle's defense credit them uh, for stepping up and keeping their season alive with a 23-6 to victory. So Seattle moves to 8-8. Eight and eight. And Greg will tell you in a minute how they get to the playoffs. The Jets are now 7-9, and nine, eliminated, five-game losing streak. I locked this game up. I knew it was a bad idea, but what the hell? You went with your heart. I went with my heart, and uh, it did surprise me, though. And I'll tell you what surprised me. And if you boys haven't watched the game, uh, you will be surprised, too, because everything we saw from Mike White this season uh, told us that he was going to give the Jets a professional effort. He would hit the guys that were open. He would do hit the layups that Zach Wilson couldn't. But instead, they got a Zach Wilson game from Mike White, uh, mm. which we've also seen before, dating back to last year. And I, I was always in the back of my mind uh, that that guy was there, too. And he showed up today. It was a dreadful performance from Mike White, who uh, I feel bad for him because he cost himself a lot of money today. Uh, yeah. He cost himself any chance of being in the Jets' conversation as their quarterback next year. Uh, all of that is kind of wiped by the board, and that's part of sports. Sometimes you have a big chance uh, to change your life and the trajectory of your career, and White just couldn't get it done. And neither could the Jets, who uh, started slowly, also defensively in this game. Uh, their defense went into a little bit of a slump here late in the season, uh, in addition to the quarterback play that just butchered their year. And that's how it ends for the Jets. Good, I mean, good job by the Seattle, though, getting the job done. When your defense, which has been you know your selling point and playoff level for all season, is giving up that 60-yard run. It was the DJ Dallas 41-yard catch and run. It was like these big plays, and again, they're not generating takeaways. That's been a problem for this Jets defense to some degree. And you get this version of Mike White. I mean, glass half full. Let's say Mike White won these last two games and – played above his head and they do turn him into the starter and then the real Mike White appears because last year the, o- the overall body of work for Mike White is up and down it's just that he's had some real highs here's the thing though Mark if he did play well and they won these games the Jets would have went to the playoffs this year right and that would have been a huge uh, lift for the organization and the fan base and then yes they might have blown their Mike White uh, evaluation down the line but, God, I would have loved to even be in that position. It's, sure, it's really, but that's why I'm calling it glass half full. Yeah, no, I mean, you the could. glass is also half empty. But. Because you do now know there's no doubt that – He could be the backup, but, but he yeah. lost himself yeah. some money. Exactly. Do you, do you know has a chance to make some money here down the stretch? Not that I think it's, like, all based on these last couple of games, but I think playing well at the end here is going to help him. Mike White is going to hurt himself. He could be back there as a backup. But, yeah, I, I saw something – which surprised me. The Jets will have the longest playoff-less streak in American sports if the Kings make it this year, and they they look like a pretty good bet to make it yeah. uh, in the NBA. I would be disappointed just for the defense at the end of the season. You give up almost 200 yards in the first quarter of this game, and then they, they settled in. But it is hard to depend on defense totally. 
And it's hard to have like a truly special defense week after week, just the way the, the rules are set up. And I think down the stretch, they, they weren't enough. They weren't playing complimentary. There's either. something I keep hearing about the Jets, and I, it to me is a bit of a be careful. Um, not that you have every option in the world, but it's like if they can just get a quarterback who's vaguely competent, they'll be fine. It's like, no, you'll just be a, a, a team, a all right team with a vaguely competent quarterback. That's your ceiling. It's like, I, the search must go on. I just think you cannot settle, and that's all to be solved later. But yeah. they're not a B-minus quarterback away from going to the AFC title game. But, again, when you have not been to the playoffs in 12 years now I get counting, that. I get that. you just want to get to the playoffs again. And, like, this year especially is frustrating because you know um, the, the whiff on the Zach Wilson evaluation and the decision to take him with a second overall pick um, has – it's a huge setback for the organization that will continue uh, to mushroom until they figure out how to, to properly move on. And I think they will entirely from him, which is almost unprecedented. Did you see the reporting, that though, that Joe Douglas? I don't is, buy any well, of that. So I, yeah. I, that stuff all sounds like mythology yeah. until they have no other option. Right. And he's, they they want to have some leverage here. So they're going to say that he might be in their plans next year. Obviously, he's not their future anymore. And, and we know that. Uh, but the, just the disappointment is you knew – that this team, if they had a couple of things went their way, if they had got a little better health on their line and with Brees uh, Hall, and if the quarterback just played okay, this is a playoff team this year. They should be the seventh seed, mm-hmm. and yet they're on a five-game losing streak, and it's a, another big Jets collapse. This did not feel like the year this was going to happen. That's why I locked the Jets up today because I thought everything we knew about, and this is on Sala too and the coaching staff and the defense, I thought they were going to, kind of rally around White and play really well in this spot against a fading Seattle team. The fact that they uh, flatlined is very disappointing and a bad look for everyone involved. And, Greg, I, I still think Salah is very safe job-wise, even if next week goes poorly. But I think a head could roll, and maybe it's Michael LaFleur, their offensive coordinator. I don't know if I would agree with it, but they have four touchdowns in four weeks now. I, I, ho- I really hope nothing happens in the AFC East, but I've learned doing this job. It's all about ownership sometimes, and I don't trust the – leadership in Miami or the Jets to handle a six-game losing streak the way that the season will end for whichever team loses that game. So I think that's a big game. And it's sort of the reverse, not that Pete Carroll would ever be in any trouble, but Man, this is a monster win for the Seahawks to 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 comfortably end their like losing streak for their defense to play really well for a second straight week to to shut to be able to run the ball on offense 198 yards on the ground like this they've been collapsing too in the exact same way the Jets did now they get the Rams next week if they can win that game uh, give it to us I mean unfortunately they need the Packers to lose to the Lions uh, in week 18 and uh, otherwise they're eliminated so Mm -hmm. they just need to win and they need the Packers to lose it's pretty simple for them they have the tie break over the Lions. So a Seahawks win over the Rams uh, would also eliminate the Lions next week. There you go. I don't know. I don't know if it's happened so many years in a row, including literally every year we've done this podcast, but it's almost getting to the point where it doesn't hurt as much because I'm just so used to them crapping the bed when it matters. I can relate to that. You know, when I was doing the Browns thing, like that one little playoff win that they had over the Steelers, I mean, it's been a train wreck since mattered a lot. It changed everything and it, and it changed your complexion and your your what kind of hope you'd have going into the next season. If Greg this happens where 
Jets management decides to blame Robert Sala, frankly, even Mike LaFleur or any of these guys for what's happened at the quarterback position, the utter and total chaos they've dealt with, then I think you start building a binder of your own, Dan, because that would be massive mismanagement. No, and I, I don't think it will happen. But Douglas, Joe Douglas is somebody that's very interesting now with the Jets because he's now the equivalent of a, a baseball slugger who hits 45 right. homers but strikes out 200 times. The Zach Wilson miss is reverberating, and it ruined their season. I, 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 I don't want to put too much on one player, but it's quarterback, and that's the way it is. Um, and not having a backup. Well, that didn't help him either. It kind of did until Mike White turned into Zach yeah, Wilson I mean, today. Mike White was a great story until <laughs> eight hours fair. ago. That's you know? fair. That's fair. Brian Costello, the New York Post, had a great uh, lead today. It was like he went from Mike F. and White to F. and Mike White. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, I do not care what the Washington Post says. <laughs> I don't. That remains. I still don't. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, let's head to the team of ATL. Onward and upward. Goff takes the snap, looks left, now comes back right, sets up a screen, got it to Swift, picks up a block at the 20, Swift 15, Swift 10, Swift 5, Swift Dunzo, touchdown! Great reporting on Watergate, though. We just need to have that out there. You're right about that. You got to take this one, Greg. Still recovering. I mean, you can enjoy this at least. Yeah. Sure. The team! I like to just listen to Dick Banks. One man house band? I wrote the song. Team! Yeah. Oh! I'm not the performer. No, but I get the royalties. Absolutely. How much money I made off the song? You're like the Jack Antonoff of. uh... Around the NFL I podcast. just need stupid hipster glasses. I've made seventeen million dollars <laughs> on that song and royalties from this podcast. How long did? How many drafts did that song go through? I mean, there's the there, great there's... ones. They come to you in five minutes. Sure. I woke up from situations. a dream and I was just like, oh my god, it's poetry. I, the lions yeah. are alive. Wait, we're talking about the the lions are alive. <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> the lions are alive because they just destroyed the bears, which is not a huge achievement. But again, it's about me. Credit. The Lions for doing something like, for instance, the Jets did it, taking care of business with a 41-10 win uh, at Ford Field. Uh, the Lions, uh, in case you forgot, were left for dead at, at one and six, was it? And now they've won seven of nine. They're eight and eight. And yes, they can get back to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Uh, heading into week 18. And, Greggy, you're going to tell us in a bit how that exactly happens. But let's start by talking about this game. How did they destroy the moribund Chicago Bears? They had a, a championship response. And, yes, it's championship it, response. I it, love it. I mean, it's against the Bears, yes. But it's also the biggest game they've had in many years. The crowd was going bananas before the game even started and they're immediately down seven nothing and that first drive to me like the moment where I'm sweating the most because I locked up the Lions I I think was telling because two plays in that drive number one third and ten third play from offense they blitz Goff they do a good job moving him off the spot 
and he moves in the pocket, which I think he's done better this year, making a couple plays where he has to move a little bit, calmly finds the open receiver after buying a little extra time on third and 10, under pressure, keeps the drive going. Later in that drive, fourth and four. I mentioned on this show last week, I thought Dan Campbell blinked a little bit with his fourth down decisions in Carolina. Didn't show that same chutzpah that he'd been showing all season. First drive of this game, down 7 nothing. goes for it on fourth and four. They get a penalty. They get the touchdown, and off they went. 504 yards of offense. They only allowed nine first downs defensively. This Boy. was a beating. I, I loved what – one thing I love about how Detroit adjusted in this game and got out of a fix was that early on – and we were watching this you know together, Greg. I was l- more listening to you holding watching. Hands. I sort of was hands. like announcing the game as you it was were, happening. But, I mean, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a big – I'm loving this line season. I was watching Justin Fields, though, and he looked like – because he, he tore them up on the ground the first time they met. It's not a good run defense. We know what happened a week ago. And 20 minutes into this in real time, it looked like he Chicago had was going yards to yeah. on the ground in it the first quarter. It was like you're going to get one of those games from him. And Detroit might not have any way to stop this after what happened a week ago. They tightened it up. I mean, it seemed like he got banged up at one point, and they kind of de-emphasized him on the ground. And then, then, then what happens to the Bears? Their leading receiver had 27 yards. So it's <laughs> like they're so limited, and they just can't. If it's not him Fields on the ground, is, they're done. Yeah, he finished 132 yards rushing. He's up over 1,100 yards on the ground, but 7 to 21, Greggy, for 75 yards through the air. So well, the Lions' defense, you know, yeah, is like not a, a finished product uh, all the way. He's around. had better day, a much better days no, passing, but not they're today. a run funnel, as the the fantasy kids would say, which they're just begging teams to run against them. They're they're a really bad run defense, and that could hurt them uh, against the. Packers, but their pass rush was incredible today. The Bears lost two offensive linemen early. You're right. I think they got some breaks. Uh, Fields got a little banged up at the end of the first quarter, and then he seemed a little more hesitant, and then suddenly they were facing a, a big deficit. Shut In the end, down. he moved, but he they could not protect him. And uh, seven sacks. Josh Pascal, uh, who's a, a second-round pick for them and didn't play most of this season, has entered the lineup late in the season, got a couple sacks. James Houston, who still doesn't have 100 snaps on the season and was playing for Deion Sanders last year, is up to seven and a half sacks and had a forced fumble uh, in a key spot on field. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson had a terrific game, creating havoc, had a sack, had an interception. Another interception. The <laughs> interception was amazing, too. It's like he, Where were these guys last week? I know. Well, I think that... To my point, I think when they can rush the passer, they're a good team. I think they're a good pass defense, a good pass rush right now, but they just can't stop the run, and eventually the Bears just could And how do they, run. before we move on, how do, how do you get to the playoffs Detroit Lions? Win it in? They are in the worst spot of the three oh. NFC teams that are still alive. So it's down to Seattle, Green Bay, and Detroit. Green Bay, winning in. The Lions, as I mentioned, win, and they need a Seattle loss. Against the Rams. Seattle, uh, that's, that's yeah, rough. needs the Packers that is to a... lose. So that we'll uh, we'll see. They, they're they're counting on the Rams to step up against Seattle. It's not impossible, but I do think no matter what, getting to Week 18 with a chance to either make the playoffs or end the Packers season and end your season potentially on a win and a winning record. You can't tell me that that actually wouldn't be a better end of the season than getting blasted by the 49ers or something in the wild card round. I think they have a lot to play for mm. no matter what. That's uh, all so I'm saying. Can I, can I push back? Because we, we were talking about this. Like I, I'll push back on that, that winning in Week 18 
would be better than a Lions team. If we're going to talk about the Jets as being I don't think better, but it's going to it's going to mean I, a lot and give you a good feeling. Is yeah, all I mean. I mean, I, I would much prefer the coaching staff and the players get to the playoffs and you deal with growing pains there and you learn from it for the next year because. Like, this fan base has been through hell and back twice. Just making the playoffs is a massive organizational boost. Absolutely. That's the Bills. Remember when they had that long drought mm-hmm. and they got there? I remember Wes was all fired up because he hated that Bills team. With Tyrod. Uh, because uh, Andy Dalton had that huge touchdown against the Ravens. Like, yes, the Bills weren't a great team that year, but that was an organizational stepping stone. And then all of a sudden they were a big-time team. I hope the Lions do make it. That would be fun. I bet it, you get Sean McVay is going to be amped up to knock out Seattle, too. Yeah. Seven, maybe, maybe get one one more Big Baker game, and uh, it opens the door for Detroit. Seven and two in the last nine. Nice job. Let's hear from Dan Campbell before we take a break. Our it's coach. It's just so special. Um, it's as good as it can get. I mean, seriously, you get to go to Lambeau, uh, historic Lambeau, uh, where the, the tops in this division has been Green Bay every That's year my for coach. years. and. And to go earn your right, you know, uh, to potentially get in. Even if you do get that win, doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get in. See, I know Dan this one guaranteed to get scenarios. one more week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Come on, yeah. Rod. And so I just think this is as special as it gets. I mean, I just don't think you'd want it any other way. Very cool. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The day. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs. Yeah. And <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how... How lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Uh, we said earlier the Lions haven't been to the playoffs since 2016. There's another team that has not punched their ticket since 2016. Let's head to the swamps of Jersey, the Middlelands. <laughs> 
takes the snap. Play That's takes my Bruce Barkley. Jones rolls to his left, gets a block from Thomas. He's to the five. <laughs> Jones races in. Touchdown, Giants. Second rushing touchdown for Daniel Jones. And let the party begin at MetLife Stadium. Indeed, Bob Papa. Oh, WFAN with the call. Daniel Jones threw two touchdown passes, ran for two touchdowns. That's four touchdowns for Mr. Jones. And the Giants rolled over the completely like corpse-like Indianapolis Colts, 38-10. Remember when Zach Kiefer said a couple months ago, oh, yeah, they'll win one more game with Jeff Saturday as that coach. They're going to do exactly that. Keeper plugged Keeper in. I don't think they've won. They, they got to win next week. Then no, against they the won. Texans. Yeah, they beat the the yeah. dirtbag Raiders. Oh, wow, that's yeah. right. The first game. Yes, <laughs> and have lost out since. Anyway, 38-10, Giants over Colts, and the Giants do uh, qualify for the playoffs. Greg, uh, listen, uh, I'm not going to take anything away from the Giants. They've they've had a nice schedule this year. They've had some things go their way, but it doesn't matter. The fact that they in Brian Dable's first year with that roster, with those injuries, to win nine games and get to the playoffs. Big, big, big uh, development for the franchise. And they're playing their best ball right now. I think their last three weeks is their best three-week stretch of the entire season. I think their offense is certainly playing their best uh, of the entire season. And I love that Danny Dimes had a moment. I mean, you wouldn't mm. have thought the way his career was going that he was going to have a moment where Brian Dable, very cool, I thought, took him out in the middle of a drive in the fourth quarter. So he got the standing Serenated. ovation during the game, NBA style, like when they're taking Tatum out after he scores very cool. 50. I loved it. Dable's done everything right this year, even that. It, it was awesome. And this was one of his best games ever, Daniel Jones. Uh, like, his first touchdown, I think, showed his progression as a player where he gets to his third read. He moves outside the pocket. He was very calm, and he finds the guy. He's, like, making plays, and he's being very smart when he's doing it. And they're healthier. Uh, Hodgins and Bellinger's making some plays. I think they've stabilized Saquon's running well. I actually do think they're a little better right now than I've thought most of the the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, they, they did stabilize. Remember, this seemed like a team that was free falling out of contention. And yeah, especially yet here they are. Yeah, especially when you when you were wondering if if Saquon Barkley was going to finish the season, um, even a shadow of himself, and and that has gotten better. And when you get this version of Daniel Jones, and you have Brian Dable who worked with Josh Allen. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is Josh Allen, but you get that power on the ground. Eleven for ninety one and yeah, two I touchdowns. Mean, he, that's when you get those games, and then you get Saquon doing what he's doing. Like the Giants are a tough out. I realize you're playing the Colts. I will mention this about Zach Kiefer, by the way. He had a pretty um, telling tweet today. He said, I've covered some bad teams in my years on this beat. Teams that unexpectedly lost its starting quarterback before the season, 2017, 2019. This is the worst Colts team of them all. And I mean, okay, he's been there for a long time, but like the plan also feels completely off the map. They're talking about Jeff Saturday as a legit candidate. Um, I would spread a wide net before like you go back down too, that road. By the way, because by even I by think the owner likes Jeff there, Saturday. The owner likes Jeff yeah, Saturday. That's by, the problem. My, my point is by floating that out there to the media, it makes it seem like the owner didn't really mess up because he's liked them enough that he'll be considered. But they'd be nuts. Uh, but I don't know what's going on I, that I, group. Saying, uh, the less said a, about the Colts, the better at this point. Yeah. Let's hear from Saquon Barkley talking about Danny Dimes playing the biggest game in the biggest spot. Hear his name get chanted. Um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, and people, you can finally see he's Sweet. starting to get the respect that he earns. Um, I know everyone you know, want to be a big critic of him or say this and say that, but uh, 
he gave us the opportunity to play playoff football, and he locked it in today. Um, when we needed most, he locked, when we needed most, he came up and made big plays. There you go. Made some money. One of the reasons I believe in the Giants more than I did, and it's all relative, but it's the defense. They got Xavier McKinney back, one of their best players in their secondary today. They got Adoree Jackson back, their best cornerback today. Uh, their pass rush is healthier than it's been. Aziz Ojolari's back. Thibodeau had a great game. We can, we can talk about his, his celebration if you want. Dexter Lawrence. Somewhere Dave Gettleman is watching this game and saying, how you like me now? Danny Dimes, Dexter Lawrence, and Saquon Barkley. I'm not all bad. Giants fans. Well, he's right. He's right. Yeah. He found some players for them. <laughs> there you go. No, the the Kayvon thing, Kayvon, our buddy, not our friend, and he'll be on the show one day. Um, he absolutely creamed Nick Foles, who Nick Foles uh, upset to, that he's injured. He has a rib injury. He was knocked out of the game. Uh, probably should have never been playing in the first place. Uh, really struggled uh, in this uh, the game way beforehand. he's looked <laughs> this season. I don't know if we'll see Nick Foles again, period. Uh, he was doing a big-time snow angel for 10, 12 seconds as Foles was writhing in pain next to him about two feet away. I thought I even saw Kayvon, uh, and a lot of people pointed this out on Twitter, take a peek and see Foles there I, I and continued to do the snow angel. Uh, some he got uh, A lot of people got on him. Ryan Kelly um, of the Colts called it Horse S., uh, Kayvon claimed that he didn't see Foles there. Anyway, it's, you know, yeah, it, but it's he, just, it's, he also gestured. I didn't mind the celebration because you could either see him or not. And you're down there doing it. But he did put a like put him to sleep sign over on the sideline uh, while Foles. He's it's, also it's part he, of the Timbo. He's package. also playing right. great, yes. which is also important. He, he, part of the package. He's, he's one of the reasons that the Giants are where they are right now, because he's been a successful pick. No doubt about it. I mean, I saw him waving his arms, and he's tapping Foles at the side. I just—I I don't know if he saw him or not. Like I, we, we have to trust him on that. But it was an—it was a weird look because I think for me, when you have these hits where you have someone like Foles, someone that we've seen go to the greatest possible heights, and then he's on the ground writhing in pain, and it ended up being a rib injury. So, but I, I don't know. That kind of stuff is like. It makes you think differently about the sport in and general. You, and I agree about the Giants looking better than they have, even when they were winning a lot of games earlier in the season. That's going to be – I know you could say, oh, the Giants, it's not an exciting team. That, they're going to play a very close game again against the Vikings if they meet in the playoffs. And they'll oh, probably yeah. rest their starters, as we as we mentioned earlier. Yes. Oh, nice lock. Yeah. This was probably my most successful lock of the whole year. The first time I've been able to just sit back and be like, all right, they took care of business. Did you guys hear feeling. something? Did you guys hear something? I didn't hear anything. I, I mean – I mean, oh, Justin. Oh, oh right. hey, oh, it's, hey. It's uh, the guy who's in last place in the picks competition. Hey, There's happy new year, guys. Happy new year, Justin. Uh, great job on the lock. Thanks. Um, wish I would have locked that New York team. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's keep moving. Let's head across the sidewalk to SoFi Stadium. Battle of Los Angeles. Yon. And off to Eckler. Eckler hits the hole, and he's through Uh-oh. to the 40. To the 50. That voice is familiar. It's a foot race. 30, 20, 10. Austin Eckler, touchdown. Chargers. 72 yards, a new career long. Leonard Floyd giving it everything he's got. You're not going to catch Austin Eckler. Matt Money Smith going into the Hall of Fame, the Around the NFL Hall of Fame. If we ever get like an exhibit somewhere. Yeah, he would be front and center. He's getting a like a whole 
glassed in portion. And, and his partner is broadcasting. Maybe partner. we'll put the exhibit on Mark's desk. He has nothing else on the desk. So there's I like room it. There. If something were to happen chaotically, I don't want any possessions here that matter. Money and Daniel Jeremiah with the call KYSR. Yes, Austin Eckler again. If you passed on him in your fantasy draft, as I, I know I did to take Jonathan Taylor, oh, you're eating dirt because he's had another huge season, and he led the way in a 31-10 whipping by the Chargers of the Rams. The defending champions fall to 5-11. and 11. Not a lot on the line in this game. The Rams obviously just playing for pride, and the Chargers pretty much locked in, I believe, Greg, in the AFC. Am I correct about that? At 10-6 and 6 now. They have a chance, as we're taping this, uh, um, to move up a seed. Wish I didn't say it. Too late now. Good tease, though, for later. Yeah. Anyway, 31-10. Eckler goes for 122 um, on the ground, 39 through uh, the air game. Herbert Herbert has a very steady performance. Uh, who watched this game? Who was on this game? Gravedigger. I watched this game. All right. I will say okay. <laughs> this was a sensational game for Mike Williams and Austin hmm. Eckler. Austin Eckler was at one point in the third quarter was averaging 14 yards per carry. I think he finished with like That's tw- good. 12 yards 12. per 12. carry. 12.2 on 10. Yeah. Totes. Um, I mean, he could have touched the ball more, but at the same time, the, the starters for the Chargers were out of this game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter because it was wrapped up and they got to preserve these guys Perfect. for a playoff game. There you go. I think this matters. I mean, it's the first time they scored 30-plus since week five, and we've been waiting to see the Chargers kind of flex their muscles and not be – it's the same talking point every week. Like, why isn't Joe Lombardi doing X, <laughs> Y, and Z with Justin Herbert? Why are they so sort of hemmed in and truncated? It's like, go blow someone's doors off. They've won four straight games. All the things that we expect out of the Chargers to slip up, not happening. Joe, their injury luck getting better. Joey right. Bosa played in this game, re- returned even a, a week earlier than expected. Might have Rayshon Slater back for the playoffs. They they are a team I wouldn't feel comfortable with if you're one of those top teams in the in the first round. And we'll get into the Chargers more later in the week. Good job by L.A. Anything else to add? I don't think so. Let's move uh, elsewhere in the AFC West where the Broncos and Chiefs are supposed to play a huge Week 17 game. Uh, instead, it wasn't a huge game, but the Chiefs still had to take care of business, did they? Snap to the right forearm of Russell Wilson, and he's going to be hit. Chris Jones got him in a bear hug. Now he gets rid of the ball and knocked down, but picked up by the Chiefs at a minute 13 to go in the game. Chris Jones just took the game in his own hands. Big play there. Sneaky big play for uh, the Chiefs, who got into a straight-up battle with the Broncos and went down to the last drive, and Chris Jones makes the play, sacking Russell Wilson to ensure a 27-24 win uh, for Kansas City um, that keeps the Chiefs in the mix for the number one seed in the AFC at 13-3. and The Broncos uh, have now lost 15 straight games to the Chiefs. How about that? How about that? Um, this was a game from the Chiefs' side of it. That was a big play for a young defense. Uh, I thought it was a good test there. At the at the end, they needed to make the stop, and they got it done. So I know Andy Reid obviously uh, is looking at that as another positive sign as January comes around. Um, Russell uh, Patrick Mahomes went over 5,000 yards passing uh, once again, which is just amazing. He does it almost effortlessly. Um, he also threw an end zone pick, missed a, uh, a gimme uh, deep ball touchdown pass. 
Um, I think, Greg, he's going to probably win MVP. But I think uh, maybe I, it's just me, but sometimes when I'm watching him, I don't see him locked in as in some other Pat Mahomes years where it's just like, oh, my God, uh, this guy's mm. out of his mind. Sometimes there are those slip-ups. But in general, uh, he had another very good game, and they took care of business. Although it was uh, quite a battle here. Well, I think his worst stretch of the season is since December started. Not that it's been bad. But you lose to the Bengals. You struggle. It, you know, he played well in that first Broncos game, but that ended up being a shootout where, where you don't score any in the second half. You struggle with the Texans. Uh, last week was a, a struggle offensively, and then this game is close. It just feels like the same Chiefs stuff. I, I don't know what to think about it, but you end up with 46 yards rushing, and then your special teams is bad week after week and I and I know Chiefs fans have been saying it a lot like Mm -hmm. special teams is going to get this team killed and they keep winning these close games and a lot of the reason why they're close is because their special teams let them down yeah they had a uh, botched uh, a fumbled punt by Kadarius Tony they had a botched snap um, on uh, an extra point attempt. So they just, you know, it's, it's just, another missed field goal. I hate that they can't run goal. the ball consistently, though. It's, it's, it's annoying. Yeah, it's something that, yeah, I wonder if they're going to try to address in the offseason, but that's, you know, that is not the time. Jarek McKinnon, by the way, has made history here. His fifth receiving touchdown in five consecutive games hmm. as a running back. So that, that's interesting. So it's, they are getting production out of their backfield, even if it's not in a traditional way. Um, on the Denver side, I thought Russell Wilson was better. Uh, his Two of his best games of the season were against the Chiefs, but in very uh, 2022, now 2023, Russ form, he kind of killed them. Uh, with a really bad interception that led to a Kansas City score in the second half that kind of set the tone for this game shifting in addition to taking the sack with the game on the line. So kind of more of the same in that. But you did get for the Broncos, what's the interim coach, Jerry Rosberg? Yeah. Um, You did get that post-firing bump from the team that played very hard to the end. Uh, Ultimately, they came up short. I mean, Russell Wilson, if you want to try to sell it to the next potential coach, good luck with that duty first of all but against the Chiefs your most important divisional opponent he's got 469 yards four touchdowns two picks also four 80, 84 yards on the ground with two touchdowns against Kansas City in seven quarters because mm. Brett Ripien played a quarter but Ripien 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 it's every well I say Ripien but that's but that's wrong. disrespectful to the man that's a Super Bowl MVP I'll think His about father. I'll think about altering that but that's how I don't know where my always, lexicon came from. I've it's like when his name. Dan has different pronunciations for your first name sometimes that you don't appreci- appreciate. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. Uh, one of Chris Wessling's favorite <laughs> players uh, on defense for years was Justin Simmons. He loved this safety combo. Justin Simmons has been a beast this year. Six interception. And this is, doesn't quite qualify as developing news, um, uh, but the Broncos have already reached out to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, who, oh, that feels. I don't know. For a team that's going to do the old thing where they go from the guy that was way too nice and soft to the, the hard ass Harbaugh, they're going to spend a lot of money. It's Walmart money. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not saying it's going to be the right move. Harbaugh's he, he wears some, out. Welcomes. He's had some flirtations with the Jets too yes. over the years. Yeah. So it's just Ian something al- to keep in mind. Well, you talked to teams. the Washington Post about that. Ian also mentioned Sean Payton and Dan Quinn. I just I don't know. I just I think this is a a weird job. It's excessively weird, weird. It's a weird job. Oh, you know what else is weird? I love this uh, interaction between Adam Archuleta, whose voice I believe you'll hear first here, and Greg Gumbel, his partner in the booth for CBS. You never want to take a, a helmet to the uh, crotchal region. 
but uh, crotchal. Yes, that's uh, <laughs> it's a medical term. Yeah. Being helped off the field is number 27, Damari Mathis. I first heard that from my good friend Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Great. Wait, 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 wait. Late. So math has helped <laughs> off the field. <laughs> the uh, chemistry. The, what, what really sold it for me was that long, uncomfortable pregnant pause because Greg Gumbel does not know who the hell Ron Burgundy is, what that chance. is. Not a chance. And, and so he just, just quiet, and Archuleta just hangs. He just leaves Archuleta hanging to die there. I've had a lot of games um, where the two of them are doing their thing, and sometimes I think Archuleta may have some complaints off the air about the lack of chemistry potentially. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The day. That's we the problem. We didn't realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how how lucky we were <gasps> yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. Let's uh, wrap up the afternoon games ahead of the Sunday night football, starting with Jags, Texans, AFC South for all the marbles. Not even a single marble on the line. He's in the open field, 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, Does anybody 10, have marbles 5. anymore? Touchdown! What is the state Travis of marbles e in culture? What a great job in the by the offensive line of opening up a huge cavity. Right. Travis just ran cavity. right through him all the way to the end zone. It's kind of gross. Uh, okay. It's like your internal monologue like interrupts every one of these calls. Frank Frangi uh, with the call WOKV. That was Travis, Travis Etienne with a 62-yard touchdown. He had a Buck 08 and a score before halftime, and then he was done. They pulled him. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Got him out of the game. Didn't matter the game for the Jaguars, who were playing for the AFC South. 
Or did we establish that it actually did kind of matter? They could still get the wild card. Whatever. They took care of business. 31 through him like Ron Rivera now. Who am I to judge? Jacksonville's 8-8. Eight eight, first place in the AFC South. They'll win the division for the first time since 2017. Mark with a win over the Tennessee Titans next Sunday. The Titans have lost six straight, of course. There were whispers out there like, could the Jaguars decide to yank everyone because of the nature of next week's game? Yes. And I just love that Doug Peterson basically sat no one, went in, and then they, on reverse, got to pull a bunch of people they late don't. in the game, and they got their rest. I'm pissed off, Angelo. I don't think he is anymore. Not after this. No, he famously was upset that the front office made him sit his quarterback when he was the coach of the Eagles. And he was saying, I think right. pointedly this week, every game matters. And I, I believe in that, that in this scenario, at least where it's a young team who's seven and eight, it's not like they've earned, like, let's like take off uh, to keep it going. They mm. have to feel like they have a lot of confidence right now. And it's because every part of the team, is really contributing, like their running game, their defense, like everything's been really clean lately. I think they're feeling great. Yeah, I, I'm with you. They're explosive. After that ETN 62-yard touchdown, they flipped around, and you know the Texans have been playing well in recent weeks and putting up a fight. But Davis Mills had a sort of a wayward, backward pass that fluttered yeah. and was picked up by Tyson Campbell. It was suddenly 21 nothing, and it's like. This thing's over. Like when the Texans are bad, they they're really bad. But it has to do with the fact that, like to your point, Greg, like when the when the Jacksonville Jaguars operate in complete fashion like this, they're scary. I would rather play other teams that maybe would have a higher seed in oh, the yeah. playoffs than Jacksonville and, right now. And I don't know if it's in the lock zone, but the Jaguars make no mistake, they're going to boat race the Titans. It's not in next at, week. at least the early. It was today though. I checked the early. Oh, there we go, Jack. Hello, Graver. It's a six-and-a-half-point spread right now. No, no, no. Today it was oh, lock-worthy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Well, I mean, you guys, yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, really yeah, went yeah, out yeah. on a limb with your locks this week, huh? Well, that was that was three-and-a-half when I did it. It was smart. Mark, are you nervous about— It's a terrible about, line, but great job. Are you nervous about our game next week, Mark? Which our, game? Our Titans fans. <laughs> oh, I've absolved myself. You, you literally <laughs> had me removed as a fan on right. some absurd poll on it. Twitter. So. Uh, let's let's move to— I yes. do want to bring up the, the scenario you brought about. Yes, yes, So if yes. the Jaguars lose next week, they could still potentially be the wild card. Right. If Miami loses— Possible. Very if possible. Buffalo beats the Patriots. Probably is going to happen. And as long as the Steelers don't finish this uh, season on a long winning streak, they just have to lose one of the. Uh... Very possible. Well, yes. the Steelers play Cleveland. So this week. game did matter for Jacksonville on some level. Sure. Uh, and uh, they took care of business in a way that the Chiefs and the Cowboys couldn't against the Texans, much That's less the true. Titans. And the Texans, good job for the Texans. Just stay right where you are. Take some L's and, and get that number one overall pick. And the Jags, I would say, like, yeah, we'd want them as the seventh seed over um, any other team. Uh, that's in the mix right now. But then you would have a, a Jags team coming off a loss to the Titans in week 18 and the Titans hosting no, a playoff way, game. No, either way, it's bad. We don't Starting want Josh Dobbs, that. by the way. No, no I don't. We I don't want any of that. I want Jaguars over half the teams you just mentioned before. I want, I want it just to see the Dobbs family reaction to him making the playoffs. Will they react? Will they not? Guys, the, the doors on the commissary upstairs close with our free dinner. Well, let's move. If we don't wrap this up, so let's head to Atlanta. <laughs> People need to know the real-world stakes. Sometimes. It is a 21-yard field goal for Hit it, Young Way to give Atlanta its Oh, people should know that I'm doing my kicker rankings during Monday Night Football. Coup 
and during the the during the call of this game. People wait for that tweet all year. The old Zeusers kicker ratings will be done during the Monday Night Football telecast. Keep your eyes on Twitter. All right. People go nuts about Why are we the talking ratings. during every radio call? <laughs> now I'm just doing it for fun. Wes Durham with the call. Apologies to Wes. WZGC. Good call. Youngway Koo hit the field goal at the gun. He's been doing that for the last couple of years. And the Falcons take care of. Hang on, I lost my train of thought on this one. They take care of the Arizona Cardinals, 20 to 19. So the Falcons move to six and 10. Obviously they're eliminated. The Cardinals now four and 12. This was the only game of the week that had no playoff ramifications. Anybody have a thought? It did have David Blau, who you know is a, a friend of the show to some degree. I'm not sure he knows that. Um, 222 yards, a touchdown, no picks. You just uh, read in a box score over there. Yeah, because I have not yet had a chance to observe this as closely as I would, but right. I cannot wait but to dig in. But he did play. I think he played pretty well, and I think it's another chance. Ritter looks like he makes takes little steps every week, he also, too. David Blau also had two carries for seven yards. He's a player. Three and a half yards in a uh, carry. You know, not, a, not a great average, but also not embarrassing. Arizona's still in the four seat, you know, the number four pick right now. Atlanta went back a couple spots with this win. Rough. At, at six. I did want one more win if this is going to be the end of the Cliff Kingsbury era just for hard knocks sake. Uh, they're trying hard every right. week, and they just – can't get it done. Another nice performance by your guy, Tyler Algier. So something positive for the Falcons that they have a really nice backfield tandem there with uh, Cordell Patterson. It's funny because I think like two months ago, it would not wasn't really getting much notice, but I think he's the leading rookie rusher right now. There you go. There you go. Doesn't help that Pierce. I mean, he went saw it, he saw it uh, way ahead of the. He has more right. than Ken well, Walker. You, I'm, you, I'm, you actually. When I first mentioned him, you looked at his yards per carry on the season I, and told me that it, the you. whole thing was a joke. And it's it. like, look where we are now. That's called scouting, Greg. And can we also we, say that Brees Hall would have won the rushing title if he had blown? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I still am upset about that. It wasn't like an anti-Brees Hall take. I know. I know. But it, it did stir up more negative emotions sure. about my personal fan experience. Anyway, congratulations to the Atlanta Falcons on the victory. Let's now move to the final game of the day. Sunday Night Football from Baltimore. Steelers, Ravens. Let's go. Pickett wants the snap. He's got it. Back to pass. Looking left. Under pressure. Gets away. Throws left side. Caught. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. It's Najee Harris. Kenny Pickett escaping pressure and finds Harris for the touchdown. Pittsburgh is taking the lead. Second touchdown catch of the year for Harris, and now Boswell's extra point is up and good. And with 56 seconds to go, the Steelers lead 16-13. What a drive put together by Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about that? Bill Hillgrove with the call WDVE for the second week in a row. The young rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, leads the Steelers to a dramatic fourth quarter Comeback win this time, yes, his connection to Najee Harris, who had a huge game in his own right. The difference in a 16-13 win for the Steelers over the Ravens uh, that keeps the Steelers in playoff uh, consideration and, and really sticks it to the ribs of the Ravens, who still go to the dance at 10-6. But they had this one, Greggy. But Pickett, 
uh, once again shows he's got a little something to him. And then the defense getting the pick of Ty Huntley to close it out. He's got some chutzpah. This whole Steelers team does. They're they're fun. At least they're playing their best at the end, unlike all these other teams trying to get the seven seed. And when we're in the film room watching this game and they get the ball, we all sort of thought they're going to go down the field and go win the game right now. And that's exactly what they did. And it didn't do it on these simple plays. That's the thing with Pickett. He can be quiet for a lot of the game, but the nice plays he makes are really nice. Rolling to the left on that play to start the drive out of structure. Then the ball up the seam beautiful uh, throw. was mm-hmm. a beautiful throw. And then the touchdown, those are three awesome throws on one drive. Yeah, it was the he has a legit connection with Pat Fryermuth. That was a 20-yard gain. Steven Sims out of nowhere, that 28 28- Yarder at fourth and one, Pickett converts with the push the butt thing that everyone's doing with the quarterbacks Pushes now. Buttocks. You push the buttocks, and then that incredible throw to Najee Harris, where it was Roquan Smith nearly had him, and it's like it took so much for any quarterback to do what he did on that play to escape mm. it, to see the field, to make the perfect throw, and an incredible catch by Najee Harris. And it's again, it's these Steelers that are all on their first rookie contracts, growing together as a group, and this team that was such a mess at one point in the season. They were 2-6 and six, six after getting flattened by the Dolphins and Eagles, went into their bye, came out, smashed the Saints, and really have not been the same team since because you've seen their offense, which in the earlier part of the year, the offensive line couldn't keep anyone healthy. The running game was a mess. They were just, you know, it was like I was going off on Matt Canada on our Thursday show, and here we are. The running game's great. The, their running game looks Steelers-esque, and it's just like it's, it, it is an incredible coaching job by Mike Tomlin. They ran for nearly 200 yards on the ground, again, and uh, Chris Collinsworth was pumping up Harris, saying it's the best game he's seen from him in the NFL. Jalen Warren's a really another, a really nice second banana in terms of their backfield. And I know this gets thrown around in an annoying way sometimes, especially when talking about quarterbacks. Uh, but Kenny Pickett, he's poised. Like in these moments, you could tell he's completely under control. And uh, hitting those type of throws when there's that much on the line, the season is literally on the line there for the Steelers, really tells you a lot about him, and, and it makes you feel – uh, much the way I think the way, and this also shows how things can change so quickly in the NFL, not that the story is written about Mac Jones, but how Patriots fans and the Patriots might have felt about Mac Jones last year when mm. he was making big plays and leading his team as a rookie. Pickett's kind of that guy this year where it's like, okay, he's not jumping off the page like Justin Herbert or something as a rookie, but there seems like they have something here and a, a well-run organization might have identified a quarterback who can really develop over the years here. And that they're all getting better together. It, not just the the running game you mentioned, and I really like Jalen Warren. He's good. And the offensive line, like that's a group that stayed together even though they don't look good on paper. And all these games are so low scoring that it seems like the offenses stink, and they're they're not great. But part of it is just they hold the ball forever, and they they're these slow offenses. There were three drives each. Uh, for each team in the first half. So there's not a lot of stops. There's just a lot of like seven-minute-long field goal drives. By, but the way that Chris Consworth said T.J. Watt kind of felt himself more this week, I think that showed up. He hasn't really done a lot, even though the defense has been playing better. So going into next week now, they mm. have the Browns. We won't know the schedule until Monday, the NFL tells us. But we were talking about it with some – people that are smarter than us producer types they really think Steelers well, game will be a, a se- I just mean in terms of TV schedules they okay. kind of had a feel of it yeah Craig throws you and I also under the bus from an intelligence I mean, angle you know sit like, down I, I wasn't sit speaking down and with be them, humble so let's see know? them uh, host a podcast and see how smart they are. <laughs> I look. wasn't speaking with them so they, they're, they're, I'm not sure <laughs> we weren't really thinking rank. about the Saturday schedule huge they, audience this show 
the Steelers probably be a Saturday game. It's that most likely because mm. that is a game that they can a good game. Why? Because Why do it, we have Saturday games? That is another question, but we What's do have on? two Saturday games. What are we doing with the schedule this year? Can they want to keep you taking that ibuprofen, that me- headache medicine that you're dealing with. Headache medicine. Disappointing loss for the Ravens, too. They're very conservative. They are the fading hard. Half. They're fading hard, and like we said, uh, Lamar Jackson has missed four games now with a knee injury. They need him back, obviously. Ty Huntley, he can't really play the guitar. He, he's a nice backup, but when they needed him, they had some time to get down the field with the best kicker that's ever lived uh, waiting on the sideline. And he made a, a couple like suspect throws, including the interception where he forced it into coverage. Uh, and we like we're Cam Hayward fans. We Mark love Sessler. Cam Hayward. Yeah. Cam Hayward. We met over the summer. He came to this uh, offices here, and we got to talk to him. Seemed like a really like gentle giant type. Yeah. Uh, and one of the great <laughs> defensive linemen in the sport. Uh, he almost got uh, goat horned on this one on a, a, what I thought was a fugazi call at the end of the first half that gave the Ravens set the Ravens up for their only touchdown in this game. So I was happy, and, and NBC had the uh, good thought to keep the camera trained on him during that last drive because that would have been the story around Hayward and the personal foul in that pile up late in the first half. So I'm glad that didn't become the story. This is a way better story the way it ended up. It is, and I love how Mike Tomlin told the NBC crew about their troubles and how they got out of we don't die, we multiply. That's Mike. so Mike tomlin to me, nameless grave faces, that old hit from yesteryear. This Steelers team, I told you a couple weeks ago they were going to win out, <laughs> and you. they're going to do it. What? Nameless grave faces? That's when they would call the Cleveland Browns nameless grave faces, then got their butts kicked. It doesn't always work. It's great. When we, they're a different type of team. When we talked about uh, Tomlin might save this uh, over 500 streak, I don't think anyone really believed it. No, nobody it. really at, believed at two it. Two and six. It was and, just something to talk about in right. December. And, uh, yeah, and now it's a thing. And they are not moving to Saturday. We've got developing news. We've got a Saturday announcement at least. Perfect. Okay. And I like what the NFL has done here. Developing news here. Just. Justin Ravers. <laughs> we got Jarrett Stidham in an island game. Chiefs Raiders is going to be the early game Saturday. Sure. Chiefs will be playing for some sort of seating. And the Saturday night game, I like the compromise they made here. They're putting Titans-Jags on Saturday night because they don't want to put Ooh. it on Sunday night, but they don't want to totally And then we'll get uh, Lions-Packers on Sunday night football. That is the ideal solution. There's I, no other scenario, right? There is, but because I think they're waiting to see what happens with these Bills, this Bills game, mm-hmm. and I think that'll be the game, but I'm already annoyed. Seahawks fans. I'm annoyed now. Don't. Don't die on this hill that it, this is so unfair to you to put Lions Packers Sunday night. This is an I'm entertainment product. It's the most entertaining game, and the Lions are gonna try their hardest to win no matter what the situation is. I, I like. I just don't think Greg that, is that now matters. scolding. I don't like uh, in favor of his new I'm Lions just saying, like, fan base and fans. He's now scolding the Seahawks fans, which like four, just, four could, hours ago he was I like their I can't keep track. Here. I could see. I love the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks might make the playoffs and that the Lions will help them out. Have some faith in the Lions that they can still beat the Packers. I don't think the results of earlier games are going to sway the Campbell Lions. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Um, congratulations to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Finally, out of the uh, QB wilderness uh, after – Zero years. So, well, for now. There. Um, we'll be back on uh, Monday night, the Monday night football finale with Chris Wessling's brother, Nick, who sounds just like Chris. If you want to get a little like nostalgic, plus Nick's a very entertaining man in his own right. Great analyst. Great. See, Cincinnati 
Bengals against the Buffalo Bills Monday Night Football. That's how you close a slate. You got to stick the landing on that one, Greggy. Joe, Do not blow that recap. Troy, me, Nick, all the big names. Do not blow that recap. In that order. <laughs> and uh, me last. Nick likes to point <laughs> out, um, you know, the show's really taken off since he's joined. The, Often, the Monday Night Show, the, the, the preview show with his locks. He's not wrong. And then we'll be back Tuesday with uh, uh, another episode with the gang all together. So thank you to everybody for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Another year. The Around the NFL podcast. 2023. It's happening. It's all happening. Till Monday Night Football. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.